Hello, and welcome to the Trinity Western University Alumni Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Fair, and I'm pleased to introduce today's guest, Nels Hawkinson. Nels is the CEO of Basketball Travelers Incorporated, a company that he co-founded over 34 years ago. The focus of this company has been organizing NCAA games around the world, as well as the World University Games. Because of his position, Nels has traveled to over 80 countries and has met some very fascinating people. Even back when he was a student, he was traveling when he became Trinity's first student recruiter. He spent that summer traveling over 13,000 miles, crossing five provinces and 12 states. Good to see you. Absolutely. Yeah. Last time we chatted, we didn't get to see each other in in, uh, face-to-face, so this is nice. (laughs) Yeah, this is all you get, my man. (laughs) It's the age of uh, digital communication, right? A lot of that. Yeah, for sure. How are you doing? Yeah, it's an interesting ride. Yeah, we're, uh, it's, uh, you can't put it in one or two words. You can't say good because you're lying. You can't say great because you're lying. Now, you could say, I'm great with Jesus, all right? Then you could say, if you are, you could say, uh, you know, uh, I've had the uh, cause of the virus, but it's better. I mean, it just, it's just hard to just say, fine. You know, it's, yeah. it's forced us all to think a little bit, if you want to be honest, and say what all that's all about. So it's, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's definitely a complicated time. Yeah, no, I'm grateful. My, both my kids are home. Uh, my son's playing in Japan, and so he's home for, well, as soon as he can get back to Japan. They want him there on the 1st of August, but there's 111 countries that aren't allowed to uh, come to Japan, and I'm sure the U.S. is on top of that list. <laughs> <laughs> even yeah. can, even Canadians aren't allowed, right? So, uh, yeah. And then my daughter works for Chick-fil-A, which kind of the offshoot, which is uh, wind-shaped camps. Mm-hmm. So it does that's all kinds of Christian camping program, and that got all shut down. So they're doing virtual camps all summer, like thirty thousand kids in box giving sent out boxes doing camps online. Oh wow, pretty unique. Yeah. So as long as you got family, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's nice. not too bad. And you're you're in Seattle still, right? Correct. Yeah, North Seattle, basically about twenty minutes from downtown. Yeah. How's things been there for you? in terms of like the city and the state of things? You know, this is one of the cities that uh, has been in the news a lot mm. from uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stand behind a lot of the positive aspects of that, mm-hmm. uh, extremely so, uh, you know, uh, and that um uh, actually marched in one of the uh, parades for you know, mm-hmm. know four thousand people or my son marched in the sixty thousand. It yeah. was amazing. And what the what God is doing with the virus, there's some obvious things that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, family time is over the top <laughs> if you if you're taking time to do that. We have game nights like five nights a week, right? Oh, that's uh, you great. know, over dinner and all that and you know, people choose their time to do whatever with. And so there should be no complaining uh, about, you know, a lack of time for family or, or all of that, mm. uh, especially now that there's no school. It gets a little hectic come the fall. 
when you've got so many school children and maybe adult children that are in school and Trinity Western's not having classes, so they are working from their home with, you know, dad in the bathroom, mom in the bedroom, and kid number one in, you know, in the hallway and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Heck, I, I have my cabin where I'm spending a lot of my time. Uh, it's an hour north of here towards the border in a place called Camino Island. Uh, we had a, uh, a shed built. So originally it was a he shed. My wife said it's a she shed. So we decided on a we shed. And <laughs> nice. so that's my office and working out of there and ran power underneath. And yeah, it's a nice looking shed you've ever seen, but yeah, it's meant to be a shed. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, if I can get through some of the other projects I'm supposed to be working on helping out, basically I had no business for, yeah, I haven't had any business since December and we might not have any more business for 13 more months. Yeah. Right. So almost whatever that 16, 17 months. And we can talk about that a little bit, a little bit further. So I have time to help other people trying to reach their objectives. Mm -hmm. So I'm on a few social justice uh, movements. One of the big ones. Uh, and we're having another meeting uh, on Tuesday to cancel practice or games on U.S. Election Day. So all NCAA student athletes can vote, but not only vote, but study the issues leading up to that. And oh, so they part of the Black Lives Movement, one of the positive things of that is, you know, they want a voice. They want to understand what the issues are. Mm -hmm. And if they're if they're forced to practice and play games on election nights and can't do certain things, yeah. and what a what a great thing. And I you know, you vote from your own state, right? So, you know, if you, if you have a football team full of kids from 30 other states, then they can't go home, but they can do the write-in ballots. They leading up, they can talk about the issues. What do you think? And, you know, you know, this is your, a lot of people gave, you know, their lives for, for independence, you know, mm -hmm. of, uh, of Canadians, Americans, and you know, many other countries. So for the right to vote. So mm -hmm. that's one movement I strongly believe in and really excited about to, just and I think that will encourage more students on campus, you know, with athletes taking or tend to be on the major college campuses, the role models, whether they like it or not, <laughs> whether it's good or bad, uh, they do become that because yeah. they're on TV, football once a week or basketball three times a week on national TV. And all of a sudden they seem in class like, oh, oh, my goodness, you know, that's the quarterback or whatever. So they have uh, some interesting, uh, you know, uh, it's a great, uh, not interesting, but great opportunity for student athletes to stand for something really cool. And yeah. I think it'll really make a difference uh, in the polls uh, initially. I don't know about, I, I mean, initially, yeah, but in future elections, it'd be really amazing. You know, we have our presidential election happening in November. And so yeah. I won't get into politics, but we only have two choices. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 2020 really is quite the interesting year. It sure is. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of big stuff. So, um, yeah, so this is for an alumni podcast. And for, for people that don't know who you are or really much background about you, would you mind giving me a little, um, just a flyover of your kind of your career and your business and what you have been doing and uh, what you're doing now? Yeah. So, my uncle uh, was on the original board of directors of Trinity Western University when they started in 1962 with the Barnasium and, mm -hmm. and all of that. And I'm not that old. I didn't go to school that <laughs> early. 
but I always knew about Trinity. It was on the campus. Seal, Sealcraft House was the original building, and you know, I assume it's still there. Uh, so after I'm sure numerous upgrades. So I knew about it, and having born an evangelical free church and going to EV free churches, that was one of two schools, and it was for, for me. I thought I was going to be a pastor, so. I'm either going to go to, uh, you know, to Deerfield, Illinois, or I'm going to Langley, D.C. Hey, I'm going to go visit another country. This is going to be great. The exchange rate was actually 6% higher, uh, you know, uh, than the American dollar or oh, the wow. Canadian dollar. So I actually paid more money. Yeah. Uh, so when it switched a little later that year, I, I entered in 1976. So uh, I, was a, uh, I was a bicentennial uh, graduate. And loved it. And my, uh, I didn't know what I was going to major in. It was a two-year school at the time. I had no idea. Um, I sucked in all the sciences. I mean, <laughs> I dropped out of, you know, dummy math 101 twice. Just couldn't handle it. And so, yeah. uh, and then I discovered the library probably after five weeks, right? Uh -huh. And the library's way out there. I was in the old logging dorms uh, back in the day. And that's when we, uh, you know, when we had turntables. And so whenever the train went by, it would skip. Mm. Or if somebody walked by the outside of my door of my room, it would skip because there was no really solid foundation. And <laughs> somebody could easily, like, if they jumped up and down a few times and put a hole in the floor, and, you know, and then they have to move. So that was, I liked it because, you know, you definitely got your security deposit back because, you know, they're already trash. What are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to be careful. So, you know, during that course of time, people want to hear all this. Basically, through those four years, I was, you know, spiritual life chairman, vice president, student body. Heck, I coached the women's basketball team one year because mm. uh, they needed somebody to knew something. And so uh, I thought I'd eventually be a coach, and I actually did for a while. Uh, and all kinds of student government, worked, you know, a thousand hours a year uh, and doing whatever necessary. And, but played basketball for four years, um, really grew. I uh, loved the game of basketball. I mean, in high school, I was so bad. I got most improved player work two years in a row. I mean, that's how bad I truly was. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure anybody could say that. So I wasn't really recruited. Then after the uh, going into finishing up my second year, Trinity was working through the process of becoming a four-year school. So I'm at Trinity Western College, actually, at the time. So they're going into that four-year. There was 16 of us that decided, okay, we're going we're gonna to go and try this thing out for the third and fourth year. But one of my two major miracles in my life happened. So while I was playing hoops, I'm a sophomore, uh, and... I'm burning it up, averaging 20 some a game and 16 boards a game, and people are recognizing the state. So I full right scholarships offered to me, and I just decided, Lord, I love it here. Hmm. I just feel called to to stay at Trinity, but it makes no sense to pay whatever the going rate was then, <laughs> and uh, and you know, and get a freebie and play on a you know much more high profile you know basketball team in the states and all of that. Sure, but I just decided. I'm going to do that, but I need to find a job. If I got to go to Alaska, whatever I need to do, it wasn't more than a couple of weeks. And Dr. Arneel Snyder was the uh, president at the time. He brought me to his office. He goes, well, so we hear you're thinking of maybe going to be a, you know, in a third year uh, program and that would be great. But we also hear that you're thinking of maybe leaving us and doing basketball. We want to keep you here. So here's the line that you want me to bring up. We want to make you our very first student recruiter. 
Mm. I'm like, what's that? Well, basically, we don't know, but what we kind of we think <laughs> we want you to do is travel all over Canada and the United States and visit camps and churches and schools. And bottom line, get us every address of every prospective student you possibly can so we can hit them up with all the literature. That's basically, you know, the bottom line. And so I did. I That's traveled intense. three and a half months. I went 13,000 miles in my 71 Ford Galaxy with the opera windows in the back, the two-door, and just showed up. I'd go yeah. to Calgary, get out. This is the thing, you know, for those those college students and younger, uh, I don't have a map here. It's something called a map. So I would buy a big map of the city, and then I would go through the uh, yellow pages of all the churches, evangelicals, basically, but I would hit other churches as well, mm -hmm. uh, and ask if I could come by and talk to them about the school. And then I would highlight all the schools. So I was in Calgary for like three and a half weeks, and I turned in like I don't know, a couple thousand names wow. because uh, I don't think UBC was even doing it at that time. So here's a one of my 19, yeah, 19 and a half year old kid, you know, going around because I love people and I love entertaining. And, you know, they said, well, you can do whatever you want. You know, you, you stay in a hotel, you know, try to keep it, you know, to, uh, you know, reasonable quality and, and, you know, we'll pay all your food and then we'll give you all your, your room and board and tuition free the next year. That was oh, the deal, Mike. That's a great deal. What? I'm like, I started crying because I'm like, God, this was over and above the call of duty. I was figuring something like, wow. So Dr. Snyder says, I'm going to send you over to, I don't know, it was Barry Palferman, whoever it was at the time. I'm going to send you over to those folks, uh, and they're going to get you all taken care of. So they, I would go to, you know, um, uh, Western Union offices to pick up money. They'd send me more literature. I'd do the EBC, you know, Evangelical Free Church, national conferences, youth conferences. And I only, in three and a half months, I spent through two nights at a hotel. Uh, so Trinity stayed two nights. Wow. All the rest I stayed with Trinity Western people and friends I had. So I wow. saved the school a truckload of money at 80 bucks a night times three months or three yeah. and a half months, right? Yeah. Now, I like to eat, though. So I would go into a Soyuz or 80, 90, 100-mile house, Prince Rupert, Prince Port St. James, Port St. John, drifting all the way into Manitoba and then skates down below. And, of course, school's going on because I'm out there first of May. Mm -hmm. So I would see who's having, you know, their spring drama production, A Fiddler on the Roof or whatever, Yeah. right? <laughs> uh, Gone with the Wind or whatever's playing. And so I would go in and, and as, as a basketball player and not a recruiter, I was welcome in because I'd go play hoops with the guys, mm -hmm. you know, and teach them up a little bit. And so then I talked to the coach. Coach had introduced me to the AD. The AD introduced me to the principal or the choir director, whatever. So after, you know, a couple of weeks, three weeks in Calgary, I knew a few people. And so I would take the whole drama team out for A&W. Even every little small town, there's an A&W and yeah. <laughs> maybe a, uh, you know, um, Oh, what's the Tim Hortons was just coming up, up you know, it was going, sure. but it hadn't spread like it, obviously like it is now. So I would, after their performance of whatever they were doing, 40 people, you know, cramming in, just give me your name, address, phone, and you get a free meal, you know, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And so that's, <laughs> that's how we worked it. And so then I'd mail those things in at the end of the week. 
right? And so uh, it was, yeah, it was a form effective. I had to fill it out. You know, I, I, I got a D in handwriting, in handwriting in third grade, and it's, it's gotten worse since. So, you know, all the, all the, all the I stuff. I feel you there. So I became the student recruiter, and it was still one of the best jobs I ever had. You know, because, you know, it was, I was hanging out with all my buddies, you know, uh, you know, at, uh, at night when I'm done. And, and I, heck, I showed up at a youth conference and they, the speaker got sick. And so, all right, I became the, uh, the speaker for like the three days. Yeah, oh, wow. the church, at the church youth, youth conference. You know, it says in the Bible that you always be prepared to give your testimony, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure three days was actually, it says in the Bible, but we winged it and it was all good. So, <laughs> so that's kind of my Trinity experience. It was I really enjoyed it. I did end up majoring in uh, in religious studies. Learned a lot about different religions, uh, not knowing that you know. Uh, I well now I've been to eighty countries, not knowing that <laughs> that God's preparing me for okay, just uh, you know a pretty global type of business and and outreach, you know, via sports. Mm-hmm. That's quite the experience. Yeah, I would have loved something like that. Just getting to travel the country and meet new people, network. Do you yeah. feel like those uh, those networking skills there were something that you already possessed, or was that something you learned on that trip? No, I did. You know, uh, I worked at church camps from the time I was five years old, mm-hmm. likely Bible camp. In fact, uh, Dr. Snyder's kids worked that camp, and his grand his his parents were kind of uh, like um, second in command of Black Lake Bible Camp in Tumwater, Washington, right? Mm-hmm. So I was actually saved there. And my saved story, I get all I got to share this. I don't know how long the podcast is, but so when I'm like eight in your first year and you're wet in the bed and you're scared, <laughs> and you know, you know you're, you're going off to this church camp. Yeah. So about day two or three, there's a call, you know, to, 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 to turn you around, you know, your life around to Christ. Well, I'm not sure how many bad things you've done when you're eight, <laughs> but still, <laughs> you know, compared to, you know, what you could be doing. But I knew I was a sinner and knew that I, I needed Jesus. And I thought I had, mm. but I thought, okay, it's a big sacrifice to be embarrassed to go in front of all your friends. That's my gift to you, Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But walking down, being embarrassed. And so I raised my hand and, uh, you know, heads are all bowed. Raised my hand. Okay. Now, as the altar called to come down, I chicken out, you know, so we get back to the, to the, uh, we have a little snack, we're shutting up the lights and the council goes, I just feel that God's called me that two people in the cabin has, uh, you know, you know, really wanted to accept Christ tonight, but didn't. I'm like, how, how does he know? Well, of course they're trained (laughs) to to have their eyes open, right? Of all their kids in their their tents. Right. So I'm like, oh, God's really working in this. Right. No, <laughs> they were just trained to keep their eyes open for guys like me. So it's, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night, 1030. It's pouring down rain on a July uh, Tumwater, Washington, uh, in late evening. And so there's nowhere to do this thing. And so the only place that was dry was was the men's room. So I went into the men's bathroom and between stall one number stall one and two and right in front of urinal number three, I, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. <laughs> and I am telling you, Satan could never put a doubt in the world that I didn't accept because talking about a uh, a story of yeah. I became a believer, right? So Quite my memorable. whole life is kind of funny and creative and different and unique. And and so I've always yeah, I've always loved to just 
uh, if people are having a bad day, just figure out something. Even if, like, I, I'm involved, I'm on the board of directors of women's basketball in the country. So I have now about 30 different costumes that I've worn at the different uh, Final Fours. Mm -hmm. And I bring them all in there just to lighten it up a little bit. And, you know, on Easter, I was Easter Bunny. And we handed out eggs to everybody. And there was uh, uh, candies and some free trips to somewhere and others. And then I, did, I didn't want to take out the costume. This was when it was in Tampa Bay. Uh, in hot Florida in uh, early April. And I said, I just wear the bunny suit to the uh, back to the hotel, back to the marriage, just two blocks. I don't want to take it off. So I'm waiting at the light, and this little girl tugs on my, on my, uh, on my bunny tail, bushy tail, and, Mr. Could I have a picture with you? <laughs> the Easter bunny, because it's Easter. So uh, I felt great. And then I started turning around in like five months. Where are you going, Easter Bunny? They thought I was a street performer. So I could have made like $500 probably that afternoon. Did the little thing. They said, okay, after you, ma'am, the Easter Bunny has to have a break. And then I had to go back to my next, uh, you know, board meeting. So uh, anything you can do to entertain, to make people laugh and joke and realize that, yeah, is there a virus going on? Yes. Is there, did you just flunk a test? Yes. Did you just break up with your girlfriend? Book? Yeah. But you know what? tomorrow's a new day and we'll see what we got in store. Right. So that's uh -huh. sort of my gift to, to people, you know, to life in the world. I love that. Yeah. So you're, you're doing a lot to stay positive in, uh, in these kind of uncertain times. Yeah. I mean, humor, humor, sports and music break down a lot of all the barriers that exist, mm -hmm. right. Across knowledge too, you know, but you, you get into knowledge sometimes now, you need to deal with languages. Like, do you speak sure. one of the 200 uh, or 300 different major languages that are out there? But music, people appreciate music no matter what. And uh, and humor, if you see somebody laughing like I do or and you're dressed up goofy, they just laugh, right? And sports, yeah, it connects people. You know, good sports. You don't need to know languages to know those three, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and even with knowledge too, it can also be opinion, which can get into conflicts, right? Because you could have differing opinions on how you interpret that knowledge or the data. So that's And I'm not well. smart anyway. So I mean, I had a, <laughs> a 4.0 at Trinity, but it's 2.8 semester. So uh, oh, right. not really too bright. Well, add those up to, yeah, that's a great 4.0, nothing to... <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about uh, the basketball travelers, uh, your, your company? Yeah. So... I leave Trinity. I get an offer to play a couple different places in Europe. I chose Norway. My dad I was born there. Mm -hmm. He'd never been back since 1909. Brought all the family. Blah blah blah. So I and then I was uh, I was coaching the women and played in the men's team. And so this is my first experience to live overseas. Really loved it. It was great. Uh, it was a fantastic experience. And then uh, oh, it's almost towards the end of my second year, both my parents are taken ill. Hmm. And I'm like, you know, I could do this a long time and I'm still learning the game and I'm getting better. The salary's getting better, but I just felt called to come back. So I still have made that decision. I come back. I'm working out at Seattle Pacific University uh, and the AD recognized me and he says, hey, you're going to go back to play pro next year? And I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm thinking of coaching. And he says, well, we have a, a job opening as a women's basketball coach at Seattle Pacific. Hmm. And I started blowing them up. I'm like, you know, I'm 24 years old, right? And yeah. uh, and 23, 24, 24. And I could be like one of the youngest coaches coaching. You know, they're almost my age. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and so uh, I said, well, let me think about it. He says, well, applications closed today. Oh, wow. And I'm like, 
what was the chances of me working out in this gym of all the gyms I could have chose at this time? He, he just happens to be walking by and just happens to be the last day. And I, I like, okay, when I know I should be doing something, I get nervous because I never get nervous unless, mm. unless I have to recite lines. And then I, oh no, I'm, I'm stand-up comedy. All the way. I could not be in anybody's play. There is yeah. just no, you know, a few Full years improv. ago, uh, <laughs> one of the ESPN announcers couldn't make a, a, this gig in Atlanta for the tip-off luncheon. And I happened to be there for some other meetings. What else could you emcee it? Oh yeah, how hard can that be? No problem. That'd be great. Well, then they about an hour later they brought in the script. Mm-hmm. It was like this thick. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I can't learn that script. So, so memorization is is is, is not my thing. So anyway, uh, they gave me the job. I accepted, and then another moment in '87 came. Well, '86, '87 guy calling me a bit. Okay, I think you're done here. I think you've done what you need to do. Uh, I think I need to take you global. Hmm. And so during that time, I thought of the idea of basketball travelers in 87 to basically organize for teams to travel. Uh, they're allowed to go once every four years, any sport basically within the NCAA uh, Division One, Two, II, and Three uh, system. And so we would be the company that would do basketball team trips. In the summer, we would have high school events. Uh, in fact, I just today canceled the at a high school event we've had for 30 years in San Diego because oh, wow. of uh, California just Monday canceling the uh, you know high school season till March 5th. Yeah. So 30 straight years of that, uh, and then we started doing tournaments that uh, are on ESPN and and Fox and CBS and all those types of things. Different. So and that's what we continue with and still have all of that. And so. That meant traveling the world, and then we uh, really uh, got latched on to a, a really great opportunity with working with a lot of our Olympic athletes. So you have the U.S. Obviously, you have the Olympics, which were postponed in Japan for this next year. But so we, have, well, I'm in charge of the United States. All our Olympic athletes are top quality collegiate athletes to represent our country in the World University Games. So U Sports in Canada selects that. And we are the only private company that organizes their athletes to be in that uh, competition in the whole world. It's all the rest government. And so I landed that because like anything, contacts. And so the head of that I knew and the U.S. Olympic Committee was dropping it off uh, their list of things that they would do. And so they asked if I would do it. And I looked it over and I said, wow, that's a big job. So 64 sports. You know, every year there's something. World University Championships of up to 35 sports, up to 35 different countries, and then the summer winter sports. So, uh, like, the winter games are in Lucerne, Switzerland in January 21. Mm-hmm. And so, we're, you know, we've already signed our USA Hockey and, and uh, six or seven other sports. And the summer games are in Shenzhou, China, and their budget's $8 billion. Wow. For the games in Shenzhou, which is the same amount of money that Japan started with, for the Olympic Games. It's ridiculous. So I've been able to eat with some kings and queens and, (laughs) and and I don't, and I don't care if you have a dollar or a trillion dollars. I care (laughs) if you've got a great attitude, you're not, you know, all stuck up and think you're all that. Mm -hmm. uh, And we're just gonna have a really good time. So this book I'm, I'm, I'm writing is called is traveling violations. 
and it's uh, about my stories of visiting with people. I have no business being with whatever. I'm just some, you know, people ask, oh, you, you must went to UCLA or Harvard. No, Trinity Western. What's that? <laughs> well, that's up in Langley, British Columbia. You, are you Canadian? No. I, I know how to spell Canada, C-A-N-A-D-A, you know, but but no, I'm not, I'm not Canadian. <laughs> uh, well, why'd you go there? So... Anyway, by getting this World University Games and, and, and choosing the teams and, and the staff, uh, part of what I, not demanded, but said, I'll do it if, if we allow this, is so that we could bring on a chaplain. Mm -hmm. They want to call it a counselor, call it whatever you may be. Uh, mm -hmm. And then that chaplain can have uh, Bible studies. We can do whatever. Because, you know, like the Olympics, you can't have anybody come in there. Mm. So you can't have, like, Athletes in Action or FCA or whatever Christian organizations to come in there because they're not allowed in the village. Mm. Um, me being one of the three people that can get people in the village, uh, I can okay for people to come, and we can still do that. But now I have it within our own organization. So if they've got elevators, we post. We can't send it out to other countries, yeah. but we can stay with our own country. And then we also do uh, Bibles or devotional books or, or, or things that we give out to everybody in our USA packet of, of hats and shirts. Like you see kind of behind here, that little, uh, right there, yeah, that photo. Mm -hmm. that's, our, that's, that's actually from, uh, we're actually waving to President Putin actually in that photo. Oh, okay? really? Yeah, President Putin opened the games. And I'm working with President Putin's campaign manager and his... Uh, and his uh, head of the Russian Olympic Committee, and I could I could tell you I, I don't know how long we I could tell you some ridiculous <laughs> crazy stuff like how did we get here I mean for the old folks I feel like God smuggler smuggling Bibles into Russia from back in the 50s 60s and maybe yeah. even the 70s for Brother Andrew for those of you that have ever read that book but yeah, but I remember that book. again oh, sports opens the doors for whatever mm -hmm. right. And so, and then I always throw a party for the world. Mm. So this party, this party, for instance, in Russia, where this photo was taken, uh, we had it on top of the Marriott, which, which overlooked, there's four Kremlins actually in Russia, not just in Mos Moscow, but uh, and the city was Kazan. And ironically, the games began on the 5th of July, the, the opening ceremonies. My party was on the Fourth of July, which is, yeah. of course, our independence. Mm -hmm. And so we had a party on the Fourth of July, and I got fireworks going over their Kremlin on our independence <laughs> day in Russia while I have a boy band singing all the, you know, the hot hits at the time. And, you know, I've got the most powerful people of, you know, 110, 15 countries at my party. And why do I do that? Well, originally, because I just want to get to meet people. Now, God is is tugging on my heart on a on a thing going into my more senior years of how I can reach out to those countries with giving, you know, getting apparel from Adidas and Nike and Under Armour that they don't sell. Like something didn't sell, they don't want to mark it down because then it 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 loses its its value. And so they just throw it away, believe it or not, a lot of these companies. So that's sure. one of my thoughts for the future is to connect with them. And I already have connected with them. And I've already worked with that. You know, with each of these foreign countries, we have these events. I deal with our U.S. Uh, consulate if there's no embassy there. So in Russia, in, uh, in Russia, I dealt, I was in the, I was in the, 
the U.S. Embassy in Moscow a couple of times, and I'm like, holy smoke. I mean, it was amazing. You know, yeah. I, I, I didn't even take a poli-sci class, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, so God can make miracles happen wherever you're at. Would never give up on what, I don't care if you're 80, never give up on something that you want to do because, yeah. you know, uh, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And so uh, you just you just got to, you know, like the Apostle Paul, when you're told no, you got to shake the, the dust off your butt and go to the next thing, right? Yeah. You know, it's not personal. It's just not now or it might be later. Yeah, so, it's and great it's perspective. Hard, and the negativeness of, of the news every day and, 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 and all of that, and you know, we need Jesus more than ever, right? And mm. uh, you got him. You know, and you got to, you know, it's the, 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 as I say, you know, three things are for sure. You know, God is alive and well in this earth. Satan sucks. And in the end, we win. <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for sharing all that. That's, that's very, um, it's just amazing to see the, the journey that God's taken you on and the way that you've been able to meet such influential people. And what you said about sports opening doors, that's, that's a great perspective. Yeah, I wonder, is that, is, is um, like sports something that you've always connected with? Or like, what was it that originally drew you in, especially to basketball? Well, I was a musician. So mm -hmm. I loved to sing, sing. I sang in a singing group at, uh, at uh, Trinity Western. And too embarrassed to tell you the name because I thought of it. But I'm going to tell Image of Love. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a 70s name, I am telling you. Holy <laughs> smokes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so I sang in a group. Didn't really have a band and, you know, at, at Trinity Western, but played in the band. It's music my first love. So that got me in front of people and felt, you know, getting me comfortable in front of people uh, and, and loved all of that. But uh, I grew five inches in like five months mm. from my sophomore year to my junior year mm -hmm. uh, or grade 10 to grade 11 to speak Canadian. <laughs> all right. So my mom and dad, I, I, uh, to, I said, hey, listen, I got to learn to play basketball because, and I hadn't played, never been on a team. 16 years old, never been on a team in my life. Mm -hmm. My parents weren't really into it, couldn't do sports on Sunday and, you know, all those types of things. So um, I said, I, you got to fork over some money for a camp because we yeah. didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. And I was all good with that. I mean, you know, I, the only decision I've ever based on money is my house. Because there's so many other factors yeah. that need to come into play. You, you know, it just, money should be down the line because money will disappoint at some point in time. Mm -hmm. So love doesn't disappoint. Uh, mm -hmm. True love doesn't disappoint. And faithfulness. So anyway, uh, I go to the camp. I'm 16. I never ran more than a quarter mile in my life. I've never done more than two push-ups in my life. I, I had a paper route, and and it got me through. And, and okay, I... All right, for and I did it on the bike, so maybe a little bit. Of no, every time yeah. I was not, uh, I was not uh, on the on the outside asphalt practicing. I'm on my bunk, just resting, and I am dying. <laughs> I had I'm like this sucks. This I don't know if I can do this thing, you know. So at the end of the at the end of the thing, you know, they they write up the guy gets to sing. He writes up you know all your attributes, the things you suck at, things you're good at. <laughs> Yeah. The, the only one thing he had was for me that I was good at potential size. That's all he could come up with for a whole week. It was I potential size. I had nothing else. The other stuff. Oh yeah. I, I mean, so you're a write off. And so 
Oh yeah. So that actually got my fires going a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I got you. I see that. So long story short, then um, I just started believing in myself and three things that that got me through that aren't scripture verses and prayer is that, and I talk on this a lot, and that's you got to stay positive, believe in yourself, and you don't give up. Three things. Stay positive, believe in yourself, because you can't depend on other people pumping you up every day, every week, every month, you know, and so that's, that's a you and God thing. And then, of course, when you're younger, you just have friends. As you get older, now you call them uh, your support group, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So you build a little support group, and, and uh, which is, of course, really important, especially now since you don't really maybe like – I don't see a lot of people. So for my last plane trip was uh, 25th. I was at Lake Placid to check it out because we're hosting the Winter Wilderness Games in 23. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get to go where the U.S., you know, uh, held the uh, Olympics in 1980 and, and uh, where uh, Al Michaels' famous broadcast, go, do you believe in miracles? Yeah. And in fact, we've contacted Al on my board is a very prominent, everyone's very prominent, but uh, for the World University Games, and he knows Al Michaels really well. They, they eat like once a month ago. So Al Michaels is going to come back and relive that whole thing. It's going to be rocking awesome. But as I said, I was on a plane. So that was, I don't know, almost five months ago. Basically, five months ago, my roller bag, which I just bought in January, is so, so sad right now. It's missing all their friends in the, in the upper bins of the, uh, the air, aircraft and traveling all over the world, you know. So uh, that was my last flight. So I'm pretty much grounded. Yeah. I want to stay grounded because I have a 97-year-old father-in-law yeah. that I'd like to, you know, not die of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of Zoom calls. Yeah, so for a socialite like me to not see people and do all that, I am on the phone a lot, you know, yeah, and, and, and yeah, just staying and encouraging, you know, and I talked about the voting thing, uh, the Black Lives Matter, positive movement, uh, you know, with that, uh, the uh, some more other social injusticing thing. Well, that's great. Yeah, one thing I really appreciate about talking with you is that you've got such a positive outlook on life. You know, we got so many ups and downs in the news and so many, um, you know, fear, moments of fear, or uncertainty. And so um, I guess just kind of in, in our closing bit of our conversation here, is there any kind of words of encouragement or, or advice you'd want to leave with our audience just to uh, maybe especially those alumni who are in America right now and maybe in more uh, an extra level of lockdown? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're we're on extra extra levels of lockdown. <laughs> so let me just share this. You know, people listening to this, obviously, you're not like this all the time, right? And has the virus had an effect on me? And sometimes it has, and so then that just tells me I need to get in the Bible more, right? Uh, yeah. I, I just got to shut some things out. So I mean, for our business, we might not have worked for up to two years, right? We've had to lay off ninety five percent of our staff. Just horrible, awful sucky you know things that's it's not good do i stay in touch with them yes do they reach out to me yeah the good news i for now anyway is they're in decent shape financially because of our government taking care of things and the extra government subsidy at least till the end of this month that might get extended so the the burden of them not having money uh has been taken from me Mm -hmm. and so so that's great but but the the key things that kind of help get me through uh, is that life is not about me. Mm. 
when it becomes about you, then that's when worry, frustration, negativity comes in. Because if it's not about you, there's nothing to be concerned about, right? Yeah. Okay, except others. All right. And so, and I have to, that's my mantra pretty much every year because I still haven't figured it out that it's not about me. You know, I mean, it just, you know, you, you know, you, I speak in front of a certain number of people and you just ace it. And it's awesome. You're fired up. You get in the car and, you know, and I, you know, I lean over to my wife and she looks at me you're kind of proud now, aren't you? Like, yeah, but you know, I'm fired up. I guess she goes, well, there are a few things in there I didn't think was very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's accountability for yeah, you. Like, it's like the birthday party and all the helium balloons just came out, right? <laughs> so, you know, so life is not about you. And a verse I've had that I I got from Trinity, it's just a simple one. And unless the Lord builds the house, he that labor labors in vain. Mm-hmm. And he needs to be the Lord of everything, not of some things. Yeah. And we seem to pick and choose where we want him to fit. <laughs> well, that's not really how it works. And and he understands and he gets that. You know, he's not honest with it. But then he sends us simple reminders that, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm in control of the situation. I know it doesn't seem like it from this, where your seat is in coach or business class or or, co- or first class or not even on, on the plane, right? So those two things have really you know, really meant a lot to me. And, and, uh, that's kind of what gets me through. Makes sense. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. No, and, and a big kudos to the founders of Trinity Western, uh, you know, uh, and the people that, uh, that are, what they're doing now, you know, I know they, you know, losing the legal battle, you know, this last, what was that spring or, or winter? Yeah. Like two years ago. Two years ago, yeah, well, yeah, I think two years ago, you know, and then now with the virus and being remote, and and those are, you know, leaders. It's easy to lead when things are okay, mm-hmm. you know. When they're not, then you kind of kind of see what the leaders are like. And and uh, from what I've seen and read, people are doing a really good job there. And and they they've still got a great mission. There's still so many students they need to touch, and the mm-hmm. and the students to touch the professors. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really confident with the direction that Trinity's taking and with uh, the new president, President Husbands. He's been really great to both work with and to see his vision and leadership. So I'm really optimistic about Trinity's future, even though it's, yeah, like you said, we're having to do a lot of stuff remote and it, it is a challenge, but um, you know, God is good and faithful and he's always been there for the school and he always will be. Absolutely. Yeah, they've had some interesting times my dad would tell me because my, you know, the, his brother was on the board, right? And just mm-hmm. getting that going. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Been, uh, been, been incredible. Oh so, yeah. There's been hard times and miracles all throughout the history. Yeah. I mean, just in the sports world, I feel obviously I have a unique, um, just a draw to college athletes anyway, because, or anybody that does something extracurricular, like if somebody was applying for a job here, I don't look at their GPA. I don't look at the major. I yeah. look at all the stuff they did or didn't do while they were at that university. And if it's nothing, I'm not interested in that. I want people that had to just do time management and figure this, carve out an hour here, hour there to do all these different things. That tells me a lot about somebody. Yeah. So for any non-graduates listening to that, that's my just get in there like a dirty shirt and just even if it's something you don't know anything about and just 
do and get all those things on your resume because you'll get a you know a big jump start. And all the alumni support your uh, your university where you went to school. All right, there's uh, there's my plug for uh, for I'm not getting any proceeds right now. You know, more than now, uh, you know, you can give a little bit. We're on a I'm on another board of a cancer foundation, and we're on a goal to have a, a million people give one dollar each. Yeah. And so it's a good goal. For a dollar each, you know. Now I don't know if Trinity Western can get a million people, but whatever that is, just give a little, you know. Yeah. You don't have to give all you have, but just a little bit. Get and then God will bless that. Trust mm. me, he will bless that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for your support too. We really, you know, the university wouldn't be the same without people like you and, and going out and recruiting students. Like you must have brought so many, so many new names into Trinity. So yeah, very, very cool. Well, appreciate you wearing kind of the school color shirt, at least one of them right there. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta wear gold, right? <laughs> <laughs> right on. Hey, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And I'll be uh, praying for you as well and your family and, and this, you know, as you guys transition through and figure out what's next. And yeah, hope you can get on a plane again soon and get some traveling back. <laughs> It'd be a while, I think. But I'm hoping the next spot's China, so maybe September. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. All right. Well, take go care. Go Spartans. Yeah, go Spartans. Good. <laughs>